Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm having a fantastic day. How are you? I am awesome. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Can good. you hear me good? I've got my my earbuds in to make sure we get some good audio. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I picked these up the other day from Amazon. I said I need to start looking professional. I so like I went and got these for nine ninety nine. Went in the store, they were thirty dollars, and I'm and I said, "Well." Then I went on my phone, and it said nine ninety. I said, "Come on now, now, come on now." <laughs> same exact thing, the exact, the same product, mm -hmm. same manufacturer, exact same thing. I said, "Now, where did that twenty one dollar markup come in? Where did that come from?" But it is profit it is, margin. You know what? Look, I'm all about business capitalism. I'm 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 for that. But that that's a little steep. I said that's. I'm like that's a bit much. That's a bit much. But but how was your trip? Oh, so good and so necessary. I'm still technically on it. I haven't made it back to California yet because the variant is a little is disrespectful right wow. now. Wow. And so I was supposed to fly back last week, and my friend who usually keeps my car and my house keys and all the things had COVID, and I was like, well. I'm just going to, Wow. I'm going to wait this out where I am a little bit longer. And along with several other people that I had meetings with that week, like everyone is down for the count. So I just decided to like sit tight another week, but I'm going to fly back Saturday because I just can't hold it any longer because I have some things that I have to do in right. LA, but yeah, I, I'm still technically on it, but it was a fun vacation. I brought my partner home for the first time to meet my family. Oh, nice. That went really well, and I hadn't been home to New Orleans since the pandemic, so it was nice to, like, see my family, okay. <laughs> see everyone okay. in person. So it was good. It was a fun trip. So you're you're originally from New Orleans? Yes, born and raised. Okay, so you know what? We're going to get into that, because since we're talking, I might as well get this show started. Yeah, so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This is a conversation with Floyd Marshall, and I am joined by the amazing Nicole Lovins. As usual, uh, we met through Clubhouse. <laughs> as as usual, Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Clubhouse, That it, it's, it seems like every interview that I do now, that's what I started out with that uh, we met through Clubhouse. But I'm just going to give you guys a little background on this love. It's not a little, it's a back. I'm going to give you a background on Nicole because we moderate rooms together and she, she's just a phenomenal young lady. And, and it's always, you know, a, an, an absolute pleasure being on stage with her. So I'm going to read a little bit of her bio. See, Nicole is a multi-hyphenate lifestyle brand, actress, singer, wellness podcaster, public speaker, host, and live event brand ambassador. She songwrites, produces, and performs original music under the name Free the Unicorn in the alternative metal pop R&B genre. She has roles in such films and TV shows as Pitch Perfect and Dear White People, sharing the big screen with stars such as Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson, Monique, and Brendan Fraser, one of my favorites. Nicole has performed live in front of a collective audience, upwards of 30,000 people. She has an extensive background in on-camera acting, live stage performances, and content creation. She uses her social media to share her intuitive insights 
and experience through art, entertainment, and the power of manifestation, which is huge. And we always talk about that. Nicole is also the creator and owner of the Goddess Bath Experience, where she helps women from diverse backgrounds create and learn to sustain a ritual self-care practice called the Goddess Bath, an intentional ritualist bath that will transform you inside and out. And that's just a little bit of who this phenomenal young lady is. So, Nicole, a formal welcome to a conversation with what's up girl how you doing what's up what's up boy <laughs> hey now thank you for that beautiful introduction what's up well nothing much welcome to a conversation with where we sit down with some amazing people in the film media and entrepreneurial space we're going to talk about what makes them successful and hopefully we'll give you something to help you maximize your business but more importantly to maximize your life so sit back and enjoy a conversation with, and I'm your host, Floyd Marshall Jr. So that was, that was a pretty extensive bio. So the question that I have for you is, where did it all start? I think coming out of the womb, I was just one of those people I just knew very, very early on. I had like a lot of personality. And I think the first time I was on a stage, I was like four or five. Like that's mm. one of my earliest memories. And so I caught the bug really early. And it wasn't just the performing. I remember rehearsing after school every day. I remember like what the prep work was like to like go get fitted for my costume and like my mom deciding on what my hair was going to be like. And then the day of the show, like, everybody running around backstage and doing all the things. And I also got to help prep the pamphlets. And I just was like enamored by the process of entertainment. And so I was a goner from the very, very first time. And I remember the first time I hit the stage, I just remember I had this beautiful gown on and I can't even remember what we were doing. I had, I was like four or five. And I just remember coming out on stage and literally the collective audience being like, <gasps> like this gasp came out of the room and I always remember feeling like I want that right I like that <laughs> and so it was it was game on from then it was game on and as I got older and understood things a lot more and started to hone my craft mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of things attached to that a lot of shadow and things I had to clear because like I came from a space where no one was doing like acting or singing or any of it as like a career, at least not in my family. That's something that you do in school for fun as extracurricular. Nobody was talking about this is about to be your career, like this is what you're doing. And I remember having to have that come to Jesus moment with my father. And he was mm. like, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to go get an education and you're going to learn every single aspect of it. So no matter what, you'll always have a job. And I thank him so much for that. We still have conversations around that because that has sustained me being in this industry and quite literally exploded me into all of these industries and all of these connections and relationships that I wouldn't have had I not went and got a formal education in my craft. Um, because it's not just acting, right? It's the craft of acting. And it's not just the craft of acting. It's the art of the business of the entertainment industry. And so had I not learned those things, I don't know that I would be sitting here on this podcast with you today to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know what kudos to your father and and that's interesting so did he have any anything to do with the business at all 
if you don't mind me, what did, what, what did your dad do? So my dad is in the tech world. He's okay. always been in technology since it started, since computers kind of hit the market in the 80s. Mm -hmm. However, my father is one of those people that's like, he's a multi-hyphenate person too. I'm his child. But he's one of those people that's just good at any and everything that he tries. Mm -hmm. And so my father in high school was in a band. He played several instruments. He toured a little bit and he gave that life up because he just, in his words, he never thought that that was a reality. So I think it was a little bit of him like seeing that in me and being like, okay, I have a little bit more knowledge around this. You go off and do it. Like my father, even like when he was in like the ninth grade, he auditioned for Prince's band and like made it all the way through. Like he was a very wow. extremely talented musician. And also he played, he was also offered a contract to play um, in the NLB, to play professional like baseball. Wow. My dad's really very smart and he just chose like books and technology. That's his thing. He didn't want to like be a touring artist. He didn't want to like play baseball. So he just had all of these gifts and he chose the path and did the thing. And then here I go. I was really very lit up about entertainment. It was, I, sports was not ever my thing. I didn't get that part of the gene. But, <laughs> but the performance side, I had. I just had a lot of really raw talent. And so he was like, cool, go and hone that and learn all of it. And then right. that way you'll always work. Now, now, see, that's very interesting because as you know, when we're in our rooms, one of the things that we talk about that a lot of creatives really don't put a lot of emphasis on is the business side because it's called show business. It's not called show. It's called show business. And without any business, there is no show. And it's interesting that your father saw that right away. Okay, if this is what you want to do, then do it right and have a foundation of business because when you have that business foundation, it adds so much to your creativity because you're coming at it from a place of, okay, I'm a creative, but I'm also someone who's in business for themselves. So I'm going to treat this a hell of a lot differently than if I was just coming from the creative space. I just want to create. That's phenomenal. But if you plan on doing it for someone other than yourself, then you really need to learn how to do it the right way because you have to read contracts. If, if, you book a, if you book a role, you have to know how to do that. You have to know how to interact with your manager. You have to learn how to do all of those things. So that, that's amazing that he, that he told you how to do that. So, so you, you said previously that a lot of people in your family really couldn't see you in that space. So was that a hard conversation that you had to have with, with, with a lot of them? Because I, I, know, I know what that's like. It wasn't really a conversation. I just went and did it. Okay. And it was like more like I could hear the conversation or people like making jokes during the holiday of like the starving artist thing or like just, you know, the little comments that people make to artists because the belief isn't, isn't there. Right. And so I had to recognize that I am, I'm a trailblazer. Like I was the first granddaughter on my mom's side. I was the only, was the only granddaughter until I was 10. I'm still the only granddaughter on my dad's side. So I was like born to be first in a lot of things. And so I had to get over a feeling that people didn't understand me very quickly because when you're the first at something, mm -hmm. people aren't going to get it. You are there to show the way. 
And so now it's really interesting because all of my cousins, most of us are in some form of entertainment and it's very supportive. Even my, one of my uncles who was like my main torturer, mm. he now works for Netflix and cannot stop talking and having conversations with me about how he's so excited and proud that he like works for Netflix in the movie industry. And like, he's like, yeah, we should do a family production company. And I just, so like these are the conversations that were happening this past Christmas and it just it tickles me so much and almost brings me to tears because sometimes we just we don't know like how our path is going to change other people's trajectory and when you are the first at something and when you are a trailblazer it's hard to see that because there isn't a path yes you are making it yes and that's a very different group of people <laughs> so like to be in it's a very different set of things and so now it's like i'm like the bragging point i'm like the superstar that walks into the room and it's just so funny like to see it and like all my little cousins that are still coming up they come up to me like i want to be an actress and i want to do that and so i just feel like i opened up that like realm of possibility in my family that otherwise wasn't really there like one of my other cousins writes scripts i have another cousin that's like a painter, another cousin, like he manages like musical artists and does really well. He's got like huge contracts with like Nike and like Reebok and like oh, all wow. of these different like shoe brands. And so like, I just feel, I don't know, a sense of like accomplishment and like giddiness around like being like, I did it. Well, you know what you should, because you know what, as with anything, sometimes people will watch because they need a first. Some people are just too afraid to, to do it. They, they, they may have the capability, but they don't have the gumption to say, this is something that I'm going to do. And then when they see Nicole do it and be successful at it, then they're saying, well, you know what? Maybe this is something I can do. And as you said, you laid the path and, and sometimes people you, you ever, you ever walk through now, I know you're from Louisiana, so this may be, and then you're now you're out on LA. So I don't even know if, if this is going to resonate with you, but it, and on the East coast, sometimes you have major snowstorms and you're walking through deep snow. You walk in the steps that someone else made before you did it because you're saying to yourself, why am I going to go off to the left or to the right and make things more difficult when I can just step directly in the footprints of someone else? So you have all of these people looking at you, looking at your footprints, and they're saying, okay, well, she's laid out the path. So all I have to do is study what she did and follow the path because there it is right in front of it. Would you agree yeah. with that? I would agree with that. And and that analogy resonates because I went to college in Ohio. So I'm very familiar with snow. And my father is from Chicago originally. Okay. So we've we've visited there and the Oh, so you know snow. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh you you, you get you get you get snow drifts. You don't get snowfall. You guys get snow drifts. Chicago and Ohio. Well, I, I did boot camp in, in Chicago, Illinois. Okay. You know, so I, I, you know, I did not get the snow, but it, it, it just amazed me that waking up early in the morning in July, that it could be that damn cold. And I'm saying, yeah. you know, it's, it's July. That doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense. But let's talk about your acting, 
because I saw your 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 video on YouTube where you actually went back to your school, your alma mater, your college, and you spoke to your to, to the young people about your 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 journey. And it, it, it always interests me when people want to go back and share because, again, it's like laying out the blueprint because oftentimes and, and especially in this day and age, people want it right now. Mm-hmm. Not understanding <laughs> that right now takes you 10 years. Mm. So, so, so let's talk about a little bit what you talked about, what, what you were talking about with those students and the things that they would need to do if they wanted to do this business, because if you want to do it the right way, some of the things that they would need to do in order to be viable, be successful, which is a kind of funny term because success is relative. So what what, what was that conversation like? <laughs> it was wild. Let me tell you this. And then shout out to BGSU, Bowling Green State University. Uh, I just, loved that school so much and they're so supportive they're still very supportive they're to be like that type of institution like the level of support that they show for their students is just wild and I've, I've gone back before, before I will go back again they mm-hmm. always are reaching out and so what I was expressing to the students and why the school asked me to come back was because for whatever reason the students and apparently this is a thing across like film programs all over the country they're not like creating while they're there, they're like, I'm going to wait until I get out of school. And what I kept stressing to them was like, you're not going to like have this opportunity like this. Like they have like a state of the art. Lord, I wish I could just show you. I was like mesmerized because when I was there, we were still shooting on mini DV Mm. that we had to like convert. And like, (laughs) like just, we didn't have a big studio. We had very old cameras, like very old equipment. We were still shooting on the RES like tripods that had wooden legs. You're it, you're you're aging yourself. I know, right? <laughs> I know. That's but okay. It was it was great. Like it was great training because like you don't get to use that kind of equipment anymore nowadays because everything is like digital. So like to be able to use a lot of that stuff was really cool. Like I even got to shoot a short on actual film. Wow. Um, which I don't know if that's happening at universities anymore. No, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, so um, they weren't filming and they had a full blown like TV production studio. I mean, with the backdrops and everything, like all multi multiple cameras, so multi cam setup. Wow. They had a full equipment rental studio with over 300 cameras, several editing bay units with, I mean, hooked up Floyd. And I was floored. I'm like, are you joking me? You have all of this at your disposal for like four years and you're like not creating story. I'm like, That's you crazy. have to be creating movies. I'm like, you can shoot a feature. And all the school would do is basically put their logo on it. They support you and you do festival runs and you blow your career before you even leave here. It was wow. mind boggling. I was like, when I was here, you want to know what me and my friends were doing? We were still kicking it and doing all the things all right. that you do in college. We was also shooting movies. We were going out. We, I would have, I was directing, acting, singing, doing music. We were doing full production when I was there. And we had contracts already when I was in college. I was shooting mm. commercials, directing and shooting commercials for local businesses while I was still there using school equipment. Right. You're paying for it. That's what your tuition is for. 
you're paying for it. Why not utilize it? And then, you know what? I'm going to let you finish, but it, it, it amazes me how they have all of this at their disposal and they're saying, well, nothing's happening for me, but you're not using what's right there in front of you. Do you know how expensive it is to rent that stuff or to own it? So you're getting it because you're paying tuition. You, you have actors, you have writers, you have composers, you have everything that you need to shoot a film, but yet you sit there and say, well, nothing's happening. So continue. You know, it's, it's really, it's just like, it's mind boggling. And I don't even know like how we had the mindset. I think like the class that I came up with, we were mm -hmm. very like, we were serious. Like we were like, we were like, we are making it and we're going to LA and we're doing this whole thing. And like, it was very intense for us. It was mm -hmm. really important. And we didn't have a lot of equipment. It was like 20 or so of us that was, we were sharing <laughs> like three cameras. And like, mm. we would literally, if we had projects at the same time, even though one of us would check it out officially, we'd be like, okay, are you guys on lunch? We would go and get it for an hour and shoot something, bring it back. Like, that's how like insane. And I remember when like the school could afford, they got us like one jib. That was like the holy grail. We took that thing out <laughs> every day. Like it was checked out all the time and I just I don't know I just feel like we were there at such a magical time like our group we just had like that fire and I think because we didn't grow up in that digital social media age where right. phones were in our hands and where you could shoot whatever and people just think the instant gratification of like I'm gonna shoot like a YouTube like web series and have that blow up like their mindset is different yes that wasn't available for us it was like go to Hollywood and work your way through the muck right so and at the time, it was like, you better leave with a reel or it's not happening for you. Right. You can't even get an internship. So, like, the mindset was different because we didn't have the same tools. But they have better tools. <laughs> I, they, they have full-blown studios. But you know what? You said something really, really interesting. And you, you, you find this all the time. And it's, it's amazing that even with all of the tools that you just named that they have at their disposal now, a lot of them don't even use those. Because how many times have we moderated a room and an actor or an actress comes on the stage and the first thing that we do is go to their Instagram page. And you know me, one of the first things that I always ask is, why do you not have any reels on your Instagram? And they're like, reels? First of all, why do you not know what a reel is? If you are a content creator, why is this something that you know nothing about? Because see, it all circles back to this is a business. So if this is a business and you're marketing yourself, because as I say, you are a sole proprietor. So if you're marketing yourself, what are you marketing? It's like me walking past a storefront and there's nothing in it. Why would I go in? Because I don't think there's any product in the store for me to buy. So when you're looking at reels or stories or just videos on your feed, that lets someone know that the store is open for business, but they don't. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's as if they want someone to open the, the window curtains of heaven, as they say, and, and, and just and just give it to them. So do you run into that a lot? In, in, in your walk dealing with actors and actresses? 
I think what I run into more of like not not the scenario of like oh, I'm waiting for someone to make it happen and I'm not doing anything. What I run into is I see people have such immense deservingness and worthiness issues mm. within themselves, like their belief, because this industry is really hard. And it takes a lot for somebody to hear no for years and to not feel like that's a personal assault on their person. And so what I see a lot of actors struggling with is not dealing with their ish. You know what I mean? Is not dealing with what's going on up in here. Because if you let the industry define who you are and define your talent, baby, it's going to be a long, cold, hard road for you. Mm. <laughs> because, you know, confidence is like, it's a, it's addictive. It's a drug. Like when yes. you walk into a room and a casting director, like even if you don't book it, they're going to remember you. You know what I mean? It's not always about booking the job. It's about booking the room. Like I'm here. Trust me. I got what you want. And I don't need, it doesn't have to be here. Like something's coming for me, period. Right. And so I feel like a lot of what I see now is like so many people are dealing, they're struggling with their self-worth and they're also struggling to be seen but somehow they want to be an actor or an actress, but they have issues with allowing people to see them. And I'm like, yo, you on camera. It does not lie. If you're not in it, like that camera reads everything. Like we in one of the most dangerous fields we could ever be. And I had an actor mm -hmm. tell me that early on. Like people don't understand, like being a performer is dangerous business. This is the only industry where people get into here, here, and your whole being, your whole mm -hmm. body everything is open and exposed, right? There's no hiding that. Your whole world is on front street. You got to be ready and prepared for that. You know, and like, it's that mindset because it will come for you. The only reason it will not happen for you is if you give up and you walk away. Your time will come. If you are positioning yourself and you are doing the work and you are showing up consistently and putting in the effort towards what you need to put in as the actor, as the CEO of your own business your own company and not relying too much on your team members who only getting 10 to 20 percent your time will come point blank and the period it will come but then it also looks at what like you said earlier floyd like what are you defining as success for yourself like what does that mean because like i know for me i've already made it mm -hmm. anything from here is like cherry on top like all the little girl dreams that I had around being an actress, I've already done that. But then I had to get into the industry to really know what I was asking for. And so then my goals change. Then the types of roles and the types of experiences change. I'm not going out for everything. There's a very specific lane that I'm in because acting ain't the only thing I'm here to give. I got a lot of things going over here. She like multiple streams of income. So hey, <laughs> hello. Say that again. She likes multiple streams of income. And that's yeah. business. <laughs> that is, that's, that's being a business. And see, one, one word that I use, and, and my club on Clubhouse is actually named this, filmpreneur. Because when I talk to filmmakers, I say, you're not a filmmaker. You're in the business of making films. I say, you're not an actor. You're in the business of acting. And when you switch your mindset and someone asks the question, how do you how do you do that? You switch your mindset. The gentleman asked the question. Mm -hmm. He asked the question. How are you struggling to be seen? You switch your mindset. It, it, that's basically what you have to do. You have to, as you said, you really have to put yourself out there. And this is why I am so big 
on personal development. This is one reason why I tell filmmakers and actors and content creators, you cannot just study people in the business. You need to study successful people, period, because anything is transferable. There are so many transferable skills that you can use in other successful lines of work in your business. Because at the end of the day, I'm gonna say this word again, it is a business. So if you wanna be successful, look at how successful people run their businesses. You talked about, you don't audition for everything. See, that is, I have a specific type of product and it is geared toward a specific type of audience. See, everybody wanna do everything for every damn body. I want everybody mm -hmm. to see my movie. Everybody don't wanna see your movie. Everybody don't want to watch you act. It is what it is. So your job is to find your audience. Your job is to find your niche. And that's so great that you said that I'm not going out for everything because every part's not for you. And I know I'm talking, but I'm gonna let you talk about that. Talk mm -hmm. about that. And it was a huge game changer for my career. The moment I was like, I cannot give energy to things that are not aligned. It just doesn't make sense. It was, it was like, it was making me even feel like I was a bad actress. And I know that's a lie. I'm beat. And so it's like when you are auditioning for things and projects that are not aligned, it's going to have you all out of pocket. And so even like, even down to certain offices, like if I, if I know you got some foolishness going on, I ain't going in and putting myself in the line of trauma. Another one will come. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody about to like, I don't believe in like all of that blacklisting stuff. God is my, my agent and my production company. I don't have time for that. And so like if, what is for you will never miss you. You understand? But you have to have that clearness, that, that clarity and that awareness first. And that's that self-work that we were talking about. You have to go in first. Because again, these cameras don't lie. You trying to put yourself on front street and you think being famous and whatever else is cool. A lot comes with that, when somebody know your name and your face and know where you live. Like, that's not a regular life. Do you know what you're even asking for? Mm -hmm. Do you even want to be that famous? Because you can structure your career where you work and you eat good and don't nobody know your name. There are so many actors and act there, there are so many people out here right now that you've never heard of killing it, crushing it. So it's not about, I think people really need to get away from the I need to be out front because there are people that I call perfect example, Mr. Avant, Clarence Avant is what I call a facilitator. And the first time I heard of this gentleman was when I went to the ABFF back in 2019, 2020, and I saw his documentary. Now, before that, I never knew who this man was. And that's, 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 that's on me. But here's the thing. Every single person that said something about him, I knew who they were. And I knew who I knew every or of every person that he connected. I didn't know his name, but every single person that he connected and leveled up, I knew who they were. So when people were like, I got to be out front, I got to be out front. No, you don't. Because that's that's a little about me. That is what I'm working towards facilitator so if someone's over here and someone's over there i'm gonna hook y'all up i'm gonna put you together see what i'm saying i don't need to be out front it's not it's not my thing you know and I'm, I'm, I'm out front with this but i don't i don't need to be out front
But I want to talk a little bit. We're going to jump because we, we're, we're, we're talking about mindset, personal development. And I wanted to jump to the goddess bath. Now, and I just took a big leap over everything else that I wanted to talk about. But yeah. I really wanted to talk about that because although it is geared toward women, it's basically, from, from what I'm gathering, something that will help you center yourself. So oh, can, yeah. you, can you talk a little bit about the goddess bath? Yes. So the goddess bath. So the goddess bath is one thing. And so I, I facilitate goddess baths and like teaching that ritual and that practice uh, through my company called the goddess bath experience. And so right now the company is like Floyd said, geared toward working with women, but we're going to be expanding that soon because men always, and men identifiers are always asking me like, what is this goddess bath? I'm like, how can I do this thing? So a goddess bath is just that, it's a bath. But what makes it different from just like a regular old bath, a regular old bubble bath, those are great too, is a goddess bath is done in ritual and it's done with intention. And so when you think about water, water is something that people have used throughout society from the beginning of time, not only to cleanse ourselves, but in ritual, right? You go to like the Christian church, any Christian church, really, water is always there. You go to Catholic church, you walk in, making a sign across the water. We get baptized in water, right? So it's, it's something that we are used to working with. We drink water every day when you should be. Our water our bodies are 90% water. The planet is like 70% water. It's, it's a powerful, like natural element that surrounds us that we can tap into and use as a portal. And so water is also programmable. There are studies on top of studies that have been done with like writing words on water or speaking words to water and then freezing it and watching the shapes that the water forms, oh, wow. saying a positive word versus a negative word to it. So when you think about it from that perspective, if you are talking to your body and saying like, you ain't ish, you can't do this, you ain't this and that, you are literally programming your body for failure. Can you rep I, I need you to say that again. You are literally programming your body for failure when you are speaking that negativity to yourself. We like it, it, our brains as well. We have the power and ability to reroute our neural pathways. Our brain is alive. It's constantly creating new cells every single day. And if all it's hearing is I'm bad, I ain't worth nothing, I can't make money, then that's what you're going to constantly be doing for yourself. It's like when you think about a commercial, because I know this is like the actor space, right? There is pro pro promotional commercial programming, right? Things done in repetition. Why do we go eat whatever we eat when we saw that Red Robin commercial 750 million times? Because now they've programmed you to want this Red Robin, right? So it's no different. We have the power to reprogram ourselves. We have the power to take back and heal that trauma that we went through in our childhood, right? We have the power to break generational curses off of our bloodline. So this work that we're doing, what I like facilitate through the goddess bath, it's like deep generational intentional work. And we do it through a pleasure practice called the goddess bath. Because I believe when we root ourselves in ritual and whatever our art is, right? Not just as an actor, like doctors are artists. They're artists of healing the body. Carpenters are artists. Computer science majors are artists, right? We are all artists. When we root ourselves in our art and be in ritual, I believe that is when we can have true transformation. And so this is just one of the tools that I use because I believe we can manifest and have things through pleasure practices. Everything doesn't have to be hard work. That's another program 
that we somehow have signed up for. And it's not the truth. We see plenty of people getting things just through fun and adventure and sometimes not even being what we would call, quote unquote, a good person. So life doesn't have to be hard. We don't have to continue saying the struggle is real. No, it's not. The journey is awesome. Stop repeating this struggle is real. It's so hard to be an actress. It's so hard to be a black actress. No, it ain't. Not for me. It's easy. But you know what you're doing when you say that stuff? Again, you are doing a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're like, the struggle is real, the struggle is like, I sure am. (laughs) Yes, I am. And I'm reading Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. And he talks about auto-suggestion. He talks about auto-suggestion. Basically, everything that you just talked about, that everything that you basically tell yourself will come to fruition. If you're telling yourself, I'm not going to make it, I'm not good enough, I can't this, I can't that, the universe is going to say, you're absolutely right. Have some more. Absolutely. Full plate. I got, a lot, I got a lot for you to eat. But if you're telling yourself that you're capable, that you're worthy, that, you're, that you can do this, that this is for you. Now, and I'm not saying it's not going to take hard work because you, have to, you definitely have to put action along with the manifestation. Mm. That's one thing. I'm going to manifest it and I'm going to sit back. No, that's not how manifestation works. You have to put things in the, into motion, into practice. You got you to do the work. You got to do the work. You got to study the craft. You got to practice. You got to get up off your ass and do the work. So that manifestation has an engine on which to run. But it, it just... Again, I'm going to go back to when we do the rooms and someone will come in and say, well, I had a little this and I had a little that. I'm like, yo, think about think about what you just said about Mm -hmm. yourself. I had a little whatever. Now, you're basically downplaying the accomplishment, because let's think about it. If it was little, then it would have not been needed. Because I'll I'll just give you a a, a quick story and then we want to get back to you because this, this is about you. I was a helicopter mechanic in the Navy. And when we would, when we would fix components on a helicopter, when we were done, we would, we would wire it. We would, we would do this wire with this tool. And then at the end of that, we would put a cotter key, what's called a cotter key. And you can go look that up. A cotter key is about this big, different sizes. You have some really big, but sometimes a cotter key would be this size. Mm-hmm. If you did not put that cotter key into that screw, when the plane is in the air, helicopter is in the air, it vibrates. So what happens sometimes when things vibrate? They loosen. So imagine a pilot being in the air and the screw begins to loosen in the flight controls because that, can y'all see that? That Mm -hmm. supposedly little cotter key was not in there catastrophic so everything is needed if it wasn't needed they would not have put it there so all the, i got a small part no you got a part mm-hmm. i got I, I did a little film no you did a film you know how hard it is to do a film and it's done and people saw it <laughs> do you know how hard that is because you have a lot of people that are talking about it mm-hmm. but not actually doing it yep and just to reflect back to that there are no 
you know, this is something we talk about in the clubhouse rooms all the time. And whenever I'm talking to actors, I always have to share this story because this is the industry, right? You will and must start somewhere, okay? And I think back to when I graduated from college and I came out of school and I was making my first real connections and I did what I did best was when I was in college, I would go and audition for like student films. So I went and auditioned for all the grad projects that I could find, which led me to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing. There was one particular group and one particular directress, Katie Amen, one of my best friends in the whole world now at this point. She is just that girl from the moment she has made a film, everything she does, does, even since college, she wins. Like if she submits a film, it's like it's winning the best of fest, it's whatever. That's just been her story. And so I have been, I would do her short films when I was first getting started, when she was just getting started. And now she's directing full blown, full blown features and like they're all funded and they all get like picked up and like, her first feature that she did, who does she think about? Her squad that like was ride or die for her. Mm. She had nothing, doing nothing in school. She wrote a part for me that was specifically for me based on my personality, the things I wanted to say. She would call me as she was like writing the script. I think you would say this, or would you would say that? To be at that level with somebody is incredible. Needless to say, we make this movie, it does really well. We've been winning awards. She's been doing features since, and every single time, it depends on the budget, she's always like, oh my God, I wish I could afford you because I'm SAG, and like I have a certain standard, even for friends. They know, I'll work at the lowest rate because it's you, but if it's out of town, you gotta put me up for DM, but there's certain things that have to be there. So my friends respect that it's business. And she's like, oh my God, I cannot wait till I have the budget to do this, this, and this, and this with you. And every single time she does a movie, she reaches out to me. She just reached out to me like two days ago. Mm. I say that to say that's a relationship I've been fostering for 12 years now. And I know for a fact that girl is going to get her big studio break. And I know for a fact when it happens and she got that money, money, I will have a part. <laughs> I will be accepting awards next to this one. Mm -hmm. And that's a relationship that started from the very beginning. Don't be... Don't be sidestepping on the, on these short films and these little student projects. This is the next generation, okay? Steven Spielberg is not going to be around forever. Martin Scorsese says he is not going to be around forever. You know but, what I mean? But it's, talk about relationships. Go, in, go, into yeah. the, go into relationships. But before you do, the people that you just mentioned, I don't know if a lot of people knew that they would all go to each other's houses and watch their work and critique it. They would do that. See, people see the finished product. It's like the iceberg when you see this much of the oh, iceberg, yeah. but the, the, like, the vast majority mm -hmm. of the iceberg is under the water. Mm -hmm. So all those people you just mentioned, they would go to each other's houses years ago. Uh, you know, some of them saw Star Wars before anybody else saw Star Wars. So talk about that, because that's very important that you brought that up. We are eventually going to get to this, to the pitch perfect and all of that. But this conversation is so phenomenal. We just own other stuff. But you know what? We, we doing it. We doing it all. <laughs> you know, it's good. But, it's but good. talk about relationships, because what you just said about your friend is so important that it cannot be overstressed. The power of relationships. So talk, talk about that and, and what that has done for you in, in your career to this point. Oh my God, it's opened up like the last feature I literally just finished. Like I 
didn't go directly the normal route of like auditioning my one of the producers is also an actor and we're with the same agency but I've gone and like taped with him taping my auditions for years in LA and so they were doing the table read and they just needed actresses to come and do the parts for the table read and so my rep and him thought of me and was like hey I can't guarantee you that I can offer you the role but if you come and do the table read and do us this solid like everybody's gonna be there all the EPs are going to be there. The director's there. The DP, I'll be like all the people. So come in, wow them. If they love you, then they'll move you just directly to like produce their callback at the end. But this, he's like, I can't guarantee you, but it's an opportunity. So I go in and I crush it. And from the moment I did it, the director, even after the whole time as they're casting, he was like, I'm still not finding anybody that's like better than you. And I just, and I kept in contact with the producers. I kept in contact with the director, the DP, everybody during the time that was casting. So I started creating relationships. I had events. I would invite them to my like events that I was having. I had other stuff come out. I fostered that relationship for like four months. Then I didn't really like hear anything. And I was like, it's fine. We've communicated enough to where like, I know they're thinking about me. I did an email from the writer. He's like, hey, just wanted to let you know we're in session. You don't need to do a first read. We love you. But if there's another role you feel like you wanted to audition for, we wanted to give you the opportunity because we feel like you can do anything. And I was like, nope. I was very clear on the role that I wanted. He was like, great, we'll just bring you right in for callback. I do the callback, knock that out of the park. Then they had me come in for chemistry read with everybody else. So we're just reading for a bunch of people. And then literally, which this never happens, the day of the chemistry read, like the, that afternoon, I get a call from the director and the producer and they're like, you got it. You're the first one that we cast. Like you mm. knocked it out from, from the table read. But that was from a relationship because I, kept, I keep in contact with my agents all the time and I treat them like family. And then also the guy who had been taping my auditions for years, I didn't know he was gonna be moving in to producing. So technically all my tapes I had been doing with him for years was my audition and I had no idea that that was eventually going to lead me to a job. <laughs> so every relationship and opportunity matters. Even the person that is taping your audition, go in there, be professional. Everything is important. You don't know where it's gonna come from. You have no idea where any of these people are gonna land. One of my really good friends, I won't say her name because everybody's gonna go and like find her. She's the head of casting at Paramount now. And like, she was somebody that I met. She wasn't doing film stuff when I met her. I had no idea that that was what she was working towards. We were just cool and kicking it. This woman has walked me into so many really cool opportunities. She brings me to parties and events just so I can meet people. She heads up casting at Paramount Studio. Right wow. Now. This is a person that is in my phone, comes to my birthday parties regularly. Relationships match they matter so much. That's what's really important. If you have the talent, like that's such a small piece of this. It's such like in comparison to everything else is such a small piece, like definitely hone that. Be good at that because you need to be ready when that opportunity meets you at the door. It's go time. You need to walk in there and you need to crush it, especially if somebody's going to open the door and walk you right up to that opportunity because you're not just representing you. You're representing that favor. And if you go there and act a fool, they'll never do it again. Girl. They will never do it again. So you need to always stay prepared. So definitely stay studied up. But like these relationships, treat people like people. Don't be out here acting crazy. Don't be out here burning bridges unless a bridge needs to be burned. Because sometimes they do. Yes. Be, be honest about that. But like the ones that are good when it's a genuine connection, it doesn't need to be forced. Like 
nurture that relationship. Like my goddess vibe circles, I host full moon circles every single month. I had a casting director. I'm not going to say her name. She's a pretty big casting director. Show up for me posting all my stories. A casting director showed up to one of my events. I was mm. like, holy crap. That was crazy. And so then she got to see me like in my element. You can't right. pay for exposure that good. You know what I mean? Because I continue to show up as I am and I treat people as their people. And I didn't like make a big deal of it when she was in there. I treated her like I would treat anybody in this world. Right. But it's just like when you work on your stuff internally, like we like Floyd was saying, that personal development piece, that's important. It's going to just come to you. You start to realize, I don't have to really play this normal little Hollywood game. It's not just about having an agent and just auditioning. It will come to you. You will be sitting at lunch. Somebody will bring you to an event. And this person will be like, you know what? I think you would really fit this role. You have a rep? Cool. If you do, they'll link you. If you don't, trust me, they're going to link you with somebody because they mm -hmm. have to. Then you might just end up with like a top agent and a movie. So yeah. do you. <laughs> really yeah. focus on what you here to do. Okay? It will yeah. find you. Trust yeah. Me. And it, you're so right. Because somebody, and, and my sister's on here, and, and sometimes, you know, I'll talk to her about some of the friends that I've made over the past year. And, you know, I'll say names and she'll be like, get the out of here. And I'm like, seriously. And what you see is what you get. This is this is this is it. You know, ain't no facade, ain't no, you know, putting on the airs for anybody because I, I, I that's just too much energy wasted. I'm not going to do that. But when you bring and this is for everyone that's listening, when you bring your authentic self to the table, it resonates because people can smell fake a mile away. You may fool them for a quick second, but if you are authentic, they will really see that and it will open them up because they say, you know what, see, this is someone that, someone that I can rock out with. This is someone that I can build a relationship with. This is someone that I could possibly trust with some things because I've had people on here and we ain't going to name drop. But I've had people on here and they say, the only reason that I came on your show is because I knew it was a safe space. And when the people that said it, I was like, wow, really? That's huge. So just being you is actually the, the, the best thing that, that you could absolutely do. Because guess what? You can't fake being you. No, you can't. <laughs> you really can't. You know, now, now work on being a better you. That should be something that you should be doing every day. But as you were talking about the people that you know, there's this guy that I listen to. His name is Travis Chappelle. Phenomenal. He has a, a phenomenal uh, podcast called Build Your Network. And it, it's just amazing. And he really interviews like high, like high power people, the Grant, Grant Cardones of the world, people like that. And near the end of the interview, he always asks the one question, is it who you know or hmm. what you know? Hmm. And to a person, the vast majority of them say it's who you know, because the who you know is so important. Now, they say you definitely got to know something, but the who you know can open so many doors. But as you said, when the who you know speaks for you, don't F that up. It's like that movie that I always reference 
I don't know if you've seen it, Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino and Johnny Depp. You got to watch Donnie Brasco. You, okay, ladies and gentlemen on the feed, if you haven't seen Donnie Brasco, go watch Donnie Brasco because Al Pacino spoke for Johnny Depp. They were, they, you know, Al Pacino was in a mob and Johnny Depp was undercover playing a mobster. And Al Pacino spoke for him. That's all I'm going to say about it. But I will say this. Be careful who you speak for. Be careful who you speak for. And and if I could speak to that. Oh, point, please, please. It, it sometimes take a little bit longer because there's a, a word that you use was trust. Right? Trust. Because I also mentioned, I just also said, I have a really good friend who heads up casting at Paramount, Right? But I still am not in no big old Paramount film either. And not that mm-hmm. this person doesn't trust me, but she's also paving her own path there. So she has to position herself in a space to where she can open some doors. And sometimes that takes time. However, people got to really know that they can like trust you and not as like a kick it friend. Like, you, yeah, they want to be able to like hang out with you, but they got to know that they can trust you to do your job. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they have to be able to trust that you can do your job. And she's somebody that I most certainly know because she's opened up some audition doors for me. So I know she trusts me in that capacity. And that's only that relationship is only a matter of time. And so that bears some really incredible fruit. But it's like, these, these relationships, y'all, I cannot. Like, I cannot stress <laughs> enough. Yo. Imperative your tribe is and like you know you want to have curated space like my phrase for myself for the year is curated mastery i am dedicated to being a master and i want to be a master in curated spaces curated spaces which means they are intentional spaces Mm -hmm. right and so really like your tribe attracts your vibe and all these little phrases that we like to use but it's, it's important my friends one of my best friends growing up she used to always tell, her mom would always tell us, birds of a feather, they flock together. And that has stuck with me. And so, like, if your circle, if you're the smartest person in your circle. I'm saying, and you know what, really quick, it's nothing wrong with the circle that you were in, but that no, circle is not helping you to grow. The intention really? is to grow. So if you're the smartest person in your circle, not saying that you got to get rid of your other circle, but you need right. a bigger circle. Mm-hmm. I exactly. never, I never want to operate in the circle where I'm the smartest person in the room. My friend told me that a long time ago, never be the smartest person in the room ever. Because when you're in the smartest, smartest person in the room, there's nothing you can learn. Continue. Yep. Boom. Yeah. But yeah these relationships and you want to be intentional with these relationships, right? It's not just, at least Ray talks about this all the time. It's not just about looking up, trying to climb your way up. Who is next to you? <laughs> That's the the most important piece because these are the people you are coming up with. This is the come up, right? The people who are next to you because everybody that are there, they're already there. They're playing a much different game. They are playing a much different game with all other kind of things and blah, blah, blah. They got to think about and account for it. It's a whole other different ball game, right? And that also has its time. But I know one thing when I get to that level and I want to know that I can trust to my left and to my right Mm -hmm. and my back and my front. And this is when you start with people in the trenches and y'all come up together, that's a different level of camaraderie. And I think 
Floyd talked about that earlier as well when we were mentioning like the Steven Spielbergs and the Al Pacinos. Like these people were in the trenches together. When you think about like who is it like Matt Damon and um, Ben Affleck mm -hmm. and like Tobey Maguire and Tobey Maguire is best friends with uh, shoot. I'm seeing his face. I can't think of his name. I know you're talking well, about. I saw the picture where they were little kids <sighs> together. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people don't get, that when they see the people that have made it, they don't understand the extremely long journey that it took them to get to that point. And a lot of them came up together again. And Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. I'm really big into personal development. So if y'all hear me dropping names, these are the people that I listen to because guess what? Success leads patterns. So if you want to be successful, follow you some successful people. So Gary Vaynerchuk talks about that all the time. If you're, and I'll just, he, he was on stage talking to, to an audience. And he said, the problem with most people is they're trying to get to me. And he was like, quite frankly, you're not getting to me. He said, it just is what it is. He said, I'm not being, he said, I'm not trying to be whatever. He said, but you're not getting to me. He said, but here's the thing. He said, there's a me sitting in front of you, behind you, next to you on either side. And you're not paying that person any attention. When we're in clubhouse, the one, what, what's the, one of the things that we say, are you looking at the profile of the person in front of you, beside you, below you, above you? Because those are the people who could possibly help you to where it is you're looking to go. But mm -hmm. you're so busy looking at Issa Rae. Issa Rae got her crew. Issa Rae got the crew that started out with her on YouTube when she ain't had shit. So how do you think you just going to roll up in the crew talking about, I want to be a part of the crew. And Issa Rae, like, you haven't proven yourself to be a part of this crew. These the people built. rocked with me when we was on the couch eating ramen noodles filming 18 hours a day. So you, you, you got to find, as you said, you have to find your tribe. And the beauty of what I'm doing is, you know, finding people that are like-minded such as yourself. That's why I, I consider Clubhouse a blessing because I'm finding like-minded people with the same drive that I have, the, cura the, the curation, mm -hmm. you know, the, the good shit. Because there are so many people... This is for everybody in this room. There are so many people that talk shit about this business. I have no time for you <laughs> because it's only 24 hours in a day. Listen. And you need to get shit done. So your, your, your thing is who are you going to get it done with? Are you mm -hmm. going to get it done with people who are about action? Or are you going to get it done with people who are about talking? And as I like to say, like Confederate money, Confederate money is worthless. <laughs> but you got a lot of people out there that talk like, they mm -hmm. spending confederate money yeah but again this is this ain't about me this is about you girl so yes. beautiful <laughs> well you know what we were going to talk about pitch perfect but let's yes. talk about jay sykes movie yes if yes. if you can you can yes. just share what you can because i know how sometimes you don't want to you don't want to give away too much i'm so, not gonna give away i'm not gonna give away too much he's been he's an incredible independent filmmaker and like music artist you definitely have him on he's definitely somebody who understands the artistry relationships and the business of things he's completely self-made and he's just done a lot so i think he would bring Beautiful. a lot to this space and he's one of those people we support each other always plugging each other it's the tribe y'all i'm telling you it's like what me and floyd are doing right now and i just shout just gave jay a shout out like this is what you do because when 
You want to be in a forest. You want to be in a flourishing forest with strong trees <laughs> surrounding you that are bearing fruit. You don't want to be in a desert with no water and the trees are not bearing fruit, right? We're all fruit bearing trees here. We're going to add to this garden. And so just take this live living example that I just gave you talking about tribe. Like anytime I do something on here, Jay always hops in and show up. I do the same thing. Like this is how you build. This is how you support each other. This is how you look to your left, your right, your back and your front. And you work together and you come up together. Like it's squads that come up. If you look at any of your favorite celebrities, they are part of a squad. I promise you, all your favorite rap groups, groups, squad was rolling together from the giddy, right? And so I feel like a lot of people just like, we talked about it, but they just miss that component of it. It's like not about reaching up, like learn from those people for sure. They're already there. Learn from their journeys, listen to them speak, gain knowledge. But when it comes to like the creation of things, like Look to your left, your right. And I promise you, those people that you are looking up, they eventually will look at you and pull you up too. Because they're going to be like, I like what you're doing. And I need something fresh, fun, and inventive. Because I'm here. I'm looking for the next thing too. You will be seen. Like, you will have no choice. Because <laughs> you're out here doing your thing. It's like mm -hmm. what I like to tell my women in, in my goddess bath community. It's like, when you, have a, when you have clarity and you put aligned action with your clarity and your vision, the universe has no choice but to support you. It's like sending out the bat signal. Everybody know who Batman is, right? Everybody know what the bat signal is. You become like the bat signal. You send a clear signal out to the universe. You ready. It's like, okay, Nicole doing her thing. She done did what she took. That little $5 she had and she invested in and whatever, whatever, cool. Send her some more. She's ready. She's taking a line action. She knows what she wants. Send her that next thing, right? It's like you have to allow yourself to be seen. You have to allow yourself to be supported. That will not happen sitting on your couch, watching everybody else do it, not even planning your strategy, not in nobody's classes, not reading a book. It's not going to happen by you just sitting. Like, nobody's going to come knocking on your door checking for you. First of all, you ain't ready. You ain't in the gym. Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, who said that you wasn't with me shooting in the gym? I ain't coming for you when I got this check because you wasn't here with me shooting in the gym. You ain't ready. Go get ready. Hey, everybody, it's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can just message me with a question or a comment, and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode. To your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You just laid, you just dropped some gems as they like to say on Clubhouse. But everything you just talked about, and especially the part where people sit on the couch and you're wondering about what everyone else is doing. Oprah Winfrey, I told you I like people that are successful because they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Talked about worrying, worrying about someone else's territory when you're not taking care of your own. So you're worried about what Jay Sykes is doing, but you're not studying cinematography. 
Now, Jay could be doing a thousand hours a month studying cinematography, lighting composition, storyboarding, writing, getting notes for his script. But you're sitting there watching him saying, well, he think he all that. Well, the brother is putting in work. Ladies and gentlemen, people will notice you when you put in the work. I am a testament to that. People, <laughs> yo, I got people emailing me. I got an email the other day and I showed my wife and I sent it to my web manager and they were like, oh my goodness. Because someone asked, could they come on the show? And when I looked at the name, I said, you got to be kidding me. I'll just say this. She's a lead actress on a show on All Black. And they e emailed me. And I'm sitting here like, what? Because I'm doing the work. And then that's not bragging. I'm doing, I'm doing the work. I'm doing, I'm doing the work. And yeah. if you do the work, like you said, people will notice you because they say, you know what? Nicole's putting in good work. And see, that's the thing. You got to put in good work. You just can't put in work. Yeah, exactly. You got to put in good work. You got to put in quality work. You got to put in curated work. I'm going to start, I'm going to start using that curated. I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm going to use that in my room. I'm going to use that in my room. My, 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 my good friend who I've known for years, Curtis Nichols is on here. Phenomenal filmmaker. And, and ladies and gentlemen, as you're on this feed, look at the people that are on this feed because you got some dope ass people on this feed. That brother mm -hmm. right there edited my first short film. That was years ago. That brother right there, good brother, phenomenal filmmaker, definitely somebody that you want to definitely reach out to. But yes. we are finally going to talk about Pitch Perfect. Let's talk about it. How did that happen? <sighs> Y'all, talk about like a dream moment. So this is me. I had just gotten out of college. I think I was out of college just right under a year. And I was doing doing student films and I had I had booked a movie with MTV prior to that. And it was a featured extra role. So that was like the closest, biggest thing that I had done. I was like in hella scenes. I had to audition for had no speaking lines, but I like rocked that ish. <laughs> like you would you wouldn't have noticed I didn't. So much so. I still have like I still talk to the EP all the time. And and I threw just as a side note they weren't going to do a watch party for it. I got together with my, my friends and we put on a watch party for this MTV movie. When I tell you all the EPs flew in, they flew back from LA to New Orleans. And this was like the first, and I had a featured extra role, right? I had all the Louisiana cast there. I had the casting director there. I threw the party and I was just a featured extra role. The EPs, flew in and came to the party that this, wow. this speech is, so there are no little roles and you don't know the impact you're like you're making on people and I still keep in contact with Anne. Anne is doing a big old Anne Clement she's incredible she's in a huge project right now but yeah just to show you just anyway relationships that's all I'm gonna tell y'all like don't underestimate your impact so that was pre-pitch perfect let me get back to pitch perfect oh yeah pitch perfect <laughs> but I had to just drop that little nugget just to let people know like your career is in your hand of course you know, this is, I, I was 20, 21 years old when I did that. I went even speaking role, and I was like, I'm going to throw this party because I was proud of my, that was my first thing. I'm so proud. I had no idea. I connected with one of the people on set, owned a bar, went and found that. I went to the bar, asked if we could use the space. He's like, well, let me, he was like, I feel like the people, I feel like the crew would want to come. He was like, let me give you the email list. So I ended up with everybody on production's like email list. And I made a flyer and did a whole like did copy 
and I sent it out to everybody and pretty much almost all the crew and all the EP like showed up, like flew in. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. That was like my first thing out the gate. So anyway, let that be expansion for y'all listening. Just saying. But that party was bomb. I had it like hooked up. They had a good time. Anyway, so if you want to do something, do it well. And I have an events background. So that was also me using my other talent being seen, right? So it's about using everything that you are. So I knew how to I knew how to throw a party. I knew how to throw an event because that was like my side hustle. I worked in like event production. So like that was like a no-brainer. So that was me using my other talents being seen there. But Pitch Perfect happened because I was at my agent slash acting coach's office and I was singing in the bathroom and she happened to hear me sing and she submitted me for Pitch Perfect. And I remember getting the audition and I was like, mm, this is for like trained acapella singers. I'm not really a singer like that. Like I cannot audition for this. She was like, I heard you sing. You're a singer and you're going. And I was mm -hmm. like, so I auditioned the first round was tapes because it was filming. It was, they were still in LA and they hadn't made it to Louisiana yet. And so I sent in a tape, a couple weeks went by, and I'm like, I got a message, like, you got a callback. And it's like producer, director callback. And I'm like, holy crap. So that was like my first taped audition. This is back in like 2011, okay? So we weren't really doing tapes all like that. Mm -hmm. So imagine this is the world we're definitely in now. So that was my first taped audition. Wasn't used to doing that. And then it was like the biggest thing that I auditioned for. It was freaking pitch perfect. It was like 12 pages of sides and like, it was crazy. Cause they had me audition for Cynthia Rose at the time. And that's another thing I learned in that process was when you are coming, when you're in a smaller market, so take notes to this shot. When you're in a smaller market, a lot of times they will read you for a role that's already cast by a bigger name, but they want to see what you can do. And a lot of times they're just gonna place you in a role that you don't even know exists. So sometimes you'll be auditioning for a role that you don't even know about and they're like reading you for something else and then they give you another role and that's what happened. They were auditioning for different roles and Pitch Perfect was a huge cast so they used the main sides and auditioned everybody from like the main sides to see what we could do from that. So that was like my first experience with like knowing that about the industry. And again, I'm like 21 years old. This is my first studio like audition. <sighs> So my mind is already being blown, fresh out of college, my mm -hmm. first huge studio thing. My first like big audition, I'm at like a network callback. I walk in the room, I wasn't, it's like seven people at a panel. Elizabeth Banks' husband is in there. There's a rep from Universal. The director is there, who is Jason Moore, who's just a Tony nominated freaking like Broadway wow. director. This is like my first, y'all don't even like, I cannot express to you the amount of like throw upness I felt like I could have <laughs> like had in this moment because I'm like, holy shit, it's like right, excuse my French, like it's no, right no. here. How is this happening? Like my little self, all I could think about being a little girl in my room just dreaming about being like this actress and like doing these things and like here is like one of those moments that we talk about in my career. The and coach put you in the game. Put me in the yeah, game, coach. Coach put, put you in the game. game. And in a peak attached to a piece of myself that I never would have thought would have gotten me in the room. Like I had such shadow and such inner work to do around my singing voice. That was unreal. I had so much, so many confidence issues. And so for that, that was another thing that I was struggling with. 
I couldn't, I was like, Jesus Christ, how am I going to go in here and wow these people? And I sang like Drew Hill and I sang, I want to say one of Lauren Hill's songs. I sang like, um, I'm going down by Mary J. Blasey and we sing a bunch. And so I like, <laughs> it was like just really wild when I think back. I sang like Change Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. It's really crazy thinking back because that also started my singing career at the mm. same time. That started my acting and my singing career, which I never thought I was going to have. <laughs> so I do this audition. I have five callbacks. It was grueling, but in the best way. And a lots, lots of things happen. So I thank you for sharing the story because I feel like my pitch perfect story is just like, it just needs to be told on so many levels because a lot of things happen. It happened really fast as it sometimes happened for people. And it was a huge opportunity, but I didn't understand the weight of what was happening because I had no like industry training, right? Mm -hmm. I was in film school, but most of the people that were teaching me had worked in the industry a long time ago, but they were like behind the camera. I wasn't really being taught by someone who had worked in the industry and like you're talking about i'm 20 years old i'm just getting out of college this is my first like big audition this is like my first like big thing i didn't even know what a table read was so when mm. i booked it i was late to the table read i thought i was see your face you know what I'm talking about? i had no what i had no i had no idea what any of this was i learned what callbacks were being in a callback like it was really, had I had the acumen that I had now, I would have worked that and would have blown the fuck up. Mm -hmm. But I didn't, didn't really understand a lot of things. I was like, laid to the table read. I showed up and like was trying to fix my own makeup on set. Like, mm. like, I know they were looking at you like, really? Where did y'all get this? Where did y'all get this girl? It was really, like crazy. But did you speak for her? You spoke I for her? Know. Thank God I was good and they loved me and they under they knew that that was like my first thing. And Elizabeth right. Banks, she took me out one night. We went out, hung out, had drinks and stuff. It was a lot of just just little things that I just didn't didn't know. And also at the time, I didn't have really good rep. Mm -hmm. Like they were very self serving and they they didn't pre prepare me. Like my rep at the time was doing some things that shouldn't have happened. She was also an actress and she was going up against her own talent. It had a lot of jealousy issues when we would book things. It was some wild stuff going on, Floyd. I, I got, when I tell you I got thrown in, I got thrown in. That's why I be having a lot to say in these rooms because I ain't have nobody. I learned from the school of hard knocks mm -hmm. in this industry, like out the gate. Like Pitch Perfect was my first thing out the freaking like, wow. gate. And I learned back to one, all that step terminology, being in the hair and makeup trailer, knowing what a freaking trailer is, going from like dreaming about being in SAG to like doing SAG to like having to learn about residuals. And like, it was just, it was like, whoa. And then on top of that, I wasn't acting, I was singing as well. So being in the studio and recording and like not feeling comfortable with my voice, it was just really, it was wild. And it was really good money. I still get residual checks, good residual checks from that. So that was like my first experience with making like real money mm. on a movie and then like it was it was fun on set there was, it was the table read incident that was really shocking the whole hair and makeup thing not really understanding that there was like a pre-party that we went to before filming like i didn't even know that was a thing and how that's also like networking to help land your next yes. job there was a, a party after the thing like it was really it was it was it was a master class 
on this industry. And I learned a lot and I missed a lot of opportunity as well through that. Needless to say, I didn't end up on the cutting floor. All my scenes like made it. I ended up in the trailer, the official trailer for it too. So like out the gate, I do this and I make it in the trailer, which wow. I, I didn't even know was like unfreaking heard of for that to happen. It was like, it was a lot. It was, it was a lot. Wow. But there were things that I wish I had known. Like, I wish I had. And then, like, stuff changed on set. Like, one of my scenes I was supposed to have got cut and changed in the midst of filming. And I was prepping for that. And I didn't know that that thing happened. And I didn't mm -hmm. know how to, like, now do this new thing that I hadn't prepared. It was just, whew, I got thrown in, y'all, with, like, no help. Like, wow. No training wheels. And that was my introduction into it. And then there was a lot of success after that. And then there was some dark years of like nothing because I had some ego stuff that came into play. Of course. I hit it. Girl, early I was on pitch perfect. Like, Psh, mm -hmm. That water is not the right temperature. Please yeah. take that. <laughs> it was it was a lot and it was you know it was hard i had no mentors mm -hmm. and the mentors that were around were unfortunately it was a lot of a lot of game playing and it wasn't it wasn't a community really that i came up in mm -hmm. and so i just it was it was interesting and so i went through like a period of like 5 years of really like having to find myself and my voice in this and then like allowing ego and like recognizing what that is and having that go away and recognizing like this industry is a journey like I thought that was going to be the thing that like right took me to the thing and like recognizing like even if even when that happens like that happens to people all the time. They get one big old big movie and their life blows up. We've, we've had a lot of one-time Oscar-nominated Oscar mm -hmm. one movie type of people that we've never seen and heard of again. Never seen them again. And, and so the reality of like, of really of what it is, <laughs> that's that end. And then it became like, okay, no, this is what I do. And I'm actually talented at it. And mm -hmm. I have something to offer. And like, let me find my voice. What is it that I have to say? And yeah, I've made some mistakes, but it's gonna happen. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't have been prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't grow up in a family that did that. I wasn't protected in that way to know anything. I like it wasn't. All I had was what I saw on TV and how I thought I was supposed to act when these things started happening. And so it was a lot of like these last eleven years of my career have been a blessing and a curse. Like now knowing the type of opportunities I had out the mm -hmm. gate that some people don't even get for many, many, many years. I did what I could with it, but also I could have stretched it way more, taken it to a way other direction. Because that's actually how I moved to LA. I got my first rep, saw me in Pitch Perfect, my first LA reps, and I moved because they saw me in the movie and then I moved out here. And so it was just like, yeah, hard knocks. It was the best experience I could have ever had the most traumatic I <laughs> ever had at the same time because also like going out and hanging out and drinking with cast and crew and like how you're supposed to conduct yourself doing that I was still in college brain right understand um so you was drinking a whole picture of my tie I was I was <laughs> I was partying like it was college and so like I had no acumen mm. in the business at all so let me ask you a question because even with because gentlemen, another gentleman that I listen to, Ed Milet, 
he, he always says things don't happen, don't happen to you. They happen for you. So with everything that happened, because you said you, if you had known better, this would have happened and that would have happened. But here's the question. If you had known better and it had happened, would you have been ready? I would. Here's the deal, Floyd. I'm glad you asked that question. I tell people this all the time. I wouldn't be here. I would have belonged to Club 27 without a shadow of a doubt. Mm -hmm. I would not be alive. Not like from all the trauma and stuff that was still happening in my personal life and with family and things like I would not be here. Mm -hmm. I would have I wouldn't. Like there was drug use that was happening. It was a lot of things going on. There was like me not having a sense of my own body and space, like none of it. I don't, I do not believe had I had like grown up in the sense that I wanted to during that time that I would still be alive. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. I tell people that all the time. I do not believe I would be. Genuinely. So, you know what? So, so then it didn't happen to you happen for you because sometimes yep. people ask for that thing and God knows you're not ready for it because I look at the space yeah. that I'm in now and some of the successes that I'm having now. Mm -hmm. And I say the 20 and even the 30 year old something would have told us to fuck up <laughs> straight up. <laughs> I mean, cause I, you know, I, I know mm -hmm. the type of dude I and me and my wife talked about this. I, you know, I know the type of dude I used to be and yeah you know, meeting and knowing the people that I know now, good. No, no, no. That would have been like handing a five-year-old a loaded weapon. Listen. It would have been, been very badly. So mm -hmm. sometimes delayed is not denied. Yep. It's just delayed because mm -hmm. you're not in a space where what is being given to you, you are ready to receive it. And we yeah. have seen it so many times where people get it before they're ready and they implode. Yep. And like you said, they don't have the support system around them. They don't have the things that they, they would need to be Sustain. able to have them get through what it is they're going through. So mm -hmm. when, so, so when people, we're, I'm, I'm going to talk about this, this, this really quickly. And then we're going to move on to um, dear white people. Then we're going to get you out of here. Cause we don't want to keep you all night. I saw a video the other day of Will Smith mm -hmm. and he's talking about his book that has just come out and everybody would always see the perfect, perfect, perfect Will Smith. The video was on Goldcast. I recommended everybody go watch this because that thing was an eye opener. All the stuff that he has been dealing with since he was a child. He used to watch his father beat his mother, practically senseless. So his thing was, I'm going to be the best would ever make people laugh. I'm going to always be perfect, perfect, perfect. Meanwhile, he was hiding all kind of. And when I was watching that, I was saying, wow. And everybody's like, I want his life. I want what he got. Mm -hmm. And after you on. watch that video, you're like, I'm glad I got what I got because what he had was good monetarily, career-wise, material-wise, phenomenal. But his inner self and his personal life was a wreck. 
Now he shared it all. So it's not I'm not saying anything that, that you can't find, but he was thrust into that thing, and honestly, he was not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And it started manifesting itself in ways when he ended up having a family. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, but it, but it's 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 really interesting. So I'm 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 glad that you came out on the other side because oftentimes the things that, as they say, don't kill us make us stronger. Yeah. And you know, some of the things that that you talked about and touched on shows that resiliency pays in the end that sometimes in order to get to the light you got to go through through some dark ass shit yeah it just is what it is and i can testify to that i can testify to that you know and your pain is not always about you you know you're all here to be teachers you know like that's why i genuinely love the community that i'm building with the goddess bath it's like Mm -hmm. i get to be so open and honest and share you know my journey i had a really tumultuous upbringing There's no way, you know, my mom is bipolar schizophrenic. You know, she tried to kill me on several occasions. Mm -hmm. The type of like the mindset that happens to a seven year old child when your mother continuously tries to take her life because she's completely out of it and not any fault of her own. You don't know how to like justify those things. And so you start to numb and you start to like mask and hide. And like when you are in a space where there are nothing but people around you saying yes, and you have infinite access to money, abundance and drugs and all the things like This is how we get these stories, these very, very sad stories that we continue to get. And so it's like Florida is saying, like, you know, no sometimes just means it's delayed and it's protection. I know for a fact there's a blessing and calling on my life. (laughs) Like, there is no denying. Mm -hmm. There is no denying that. Like, there are so many moments that I could have. We ain't got enough time. (laughs) That'll be the next podcast we do. (laughs) And we didn't even see that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to come back because we didn't even get to the podcast that you do. We didn't even get to that. We've been talking about so much other stuff. We didn't even get to that. Oh, my gosh. It's so much. But this is what I mean by allowing yourself to be seen as artists, you know, and not allowing yourself to be boxed. But there's a place space and reason season lifetime for all of it because we talk about that in clubhouse and we get the people that i want to be this and it's like you know your your life your lifestyle and your career will inform you right like how i always i now i introduce myself i'm an actress singer podcaster and i'm also the intuitive coach and all those things and genuinely how i sustain my mm-hmm. life with all these practices but i didn't start with all of it my intention was acting However, Universe was like, nah, you actress singer from the Giddy. Like that's just I didn't give my I didn't give myself that title. The industry informed me with that. It just happened as a byproduct of me showing up and being who I was. Even with my the my company, the Goddess Bath Experience, that was something I had been running from. I had no intention. Mm-hmm. Like zero.com and I was fighting it. And again, it was like, no, you're doing this. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Make it real easy so you can't say no. And it has led to all of these ridiculously incredible <laughs> opportunities that I can't even like count anymore. But it's just like continue on your path, continue to show up in your purpose, continue to be curious about what that is, right? Continue to be curious about life, continue to show up and learn and be a student and a teacher, right? Yes. Both of those things. Allow yourself to be taught, but allow yourself to teach and give back. That's also really important. So important to share your knowledge, right? And so, I don't know. I just, I like sharing my story. Thank you so much for the opportunity to do that because 
I went through some shit so somebody else don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God, please don't. Roadmap. <laughs> roadmap. Roadmap. It's 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 a, you know, everything's a roadmap. You know, it, it just it, it really depends on, you know, how you look at it. Yeah. it. It's it's a roadmap and you know, you you can help people on their journey or you know, you can choose to keep it to yourself, which is not the in, intended purpose of it. It's you, you go through things as they say it becomes your testimony. Yeah, so you can tell people, hey, this is what I this is what I had to deal with and I'm just sharing this with you because you know, I see some of the things in you that I saw in myself and I'm just going to see if I can steer you, steer you clear of that. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You're going to have to come back because we got to talk about the podcast. Yes, we got to talk about their white people. We got to talk about your, your movie that's on Amazon. Yes. We got to talk about being in front of 30,000 people, but yo, we, 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 we dove deep. For an hour and a half, and we yeah. didn't get to half of the stuff that we need to talk about. So you, I'm when when this weekend, I'm going to have to email you and Done. set up the yeah. follow up interview. <laughs> but for now, where can people find you? I'm so easily findable i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing at this point y'all <laughs> the easiest way is instagram i do respond i do run it myself so at nicola this even if you just google my name like all my things will come up like you can i'm googleable so you can google me but instagram my website is the same everything is at nicola vince and you can find my music that way you can find the goddess bath experience that way and floyd but when you post i'll just send you like just a chunk of the links so people just feel like I want to connect on her acting. They can do that. Or like someone was like, I really love what you're talking about with Goddess Bath Experience. We can send you right there. Or someone is like, because we didn't even talk about the music yet. No, because <laughs> I want to I wanna ask you about the video because you, you had old boy kind of tied up. And I was like, I what did. is that all about? So we got to talk about that too. We got to talk about yes, the, the, yes. the, and then you yes. sitting in the, in the, in the tub with the, well, you know what, we're, I, I don't, yeah. I want the people to come back. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to save that. We're going to save so, that. Yes, there's a lot to deep dive in on, so I'm very excited. We can definitely set up another one. I would love to. Oh, we, we're definitely going to. We're going to definitely do this sooner rather than later. Yes, um, let's do it. I got to look at the phone over here dying. Is like you didn't plug it up. <laughs> you looking at your bars? You only got one bar left. I know because <laughs> I'm using it for my ring light. I'm still traveling, so I don't have my normal light. So oh, I'm home by now. So I got my one little ring light. And I only have my one little box, so my ring light is plugged up, but my phone can't be plugged. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we're going to make this work, y'all. We, we made it. You work. know what, ladies and gentlemen? And this was a phenomenal. We made it do what it do. We made it do what it do. But, Nicole, it was so much fun having you on the show. I yeah. definitely want to have you back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been hanging out with us for the last hour and a half, you heard some really phenomenal, phenomenal things that, that Nicole discussed, she, she opened up about who and what she is, which is just the shit. I, I, it's just it's just amazing. I learned some things about her tonight because you don't talk about all this stuff on Clubhouse. <laughs> well, because they don't be going deep on Clubhouse. It's you don't talk about all of this on Clubhouse. That's okay because we're there to help. And we have people yeah. like, I'm not going back to that room. <laughs> I mean, we can go there, but typically it's like, you know, we're trying to give like right. the needle for them, but we can always go deep. 
we can and sometimes i feel like it does it just depends on like what's coming out in the conversation right you know we've had some heavy rooms yeah we've we've had some heavy rooms yeah but again ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining a conversation with floyd marshall jr and nicole lovins and if you liked it please do me a favor Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Subscribe, yes, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker. But go to Apple and 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 subscribe tonight. That's that's your homework assignment. And um, yeah. So I'll just I'll just I'll just close with this. Love it like a hobby, but treat it like a business. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining a conversation with Floyd Marshall and Nicole Lovins. And I want everyone to have a phenomenal weekend and going to next week kicking ass. Everyone have a phenomenal night. Take care.